The presidential motorcade has just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas and was circling through the fringes of the business district when three shots suddenly rang out. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slate Show. A federal judge orders FBI to hand over contents of laptop belonging to murdered DNC employee Seth Rich. Wow. I'm Adrian Slate. Thanks for tuning in. You might hear some wind in the background. Um, even though I'm in Virginia and we're, you know, two states away, it's the Hurricane Ian is actually hitting uh hitting South Carolina as we speak. Um, a big chunk of that storm is all the way up here, and we have winds going sideways. I'm seeing pieces uh, just now of shingle from my roof on the back deck. That's good. Um, but I'm going to do the podcast anyways. So, uh, so we have Seth Rich back in the news, and I'm starting to think, again, Seth Rich is Dominion Voting Systems is COVID-19. And what do I mean by that? I mean, it probably was nefarious. It probably is being covered up. And it was something that the full weight of the bureaucracies were going to step in to keep the real truth from coming out. So if you started to poke and prod, you're going to get hit with lawsuits. You're going to get shut down online. But then... If you dig a little bit, there might be something there. <laughs> and that's that, you know, with COVID-19, the vaccines, we start to find out there's craziness, you know, myocarditis and uh, different uh, blood clots and all this craziness. But we're not allowed to talk about that. We have to just accept that these things are golden. And when we start looking into the fact that, you know, they wanted uh, Pfizer's, uh, Pfizer's information just basically shut in the dark in a closet for 75 years after long been gone. Luckily that didn't happen. And we got it struck down by a court judge. Um, they want to do the same. They want to do that with dominion voting systems. We start looking into election irregularities and dominion, dominion voting systems and their history with Venezuela being developed by Venezuela and then having an impact on Macron's wonderful election that we might want to look into. And then suddenly the whole warehouse of Dominion voting systems goes up in flames. The fact that they can be hardwired with uh, Ethernet cables into, into the net that maybe China can manipulate and we're supposed to go, ah, that didn't happen. Oh, if you start to look into it, you're going to get hit with lawsuits. And all that is is just a, a middle finger punching bag, basically. They're just trying to punch you in the face with you know, the threat of lawsuits, even though they're doing whatever they're doing in the background. And that's what I think Seth Rich is starting to look out to be. And so the FBI, the great FBI, they haven't been in the news lately, have they? Yeah, the FBI, who were probably responsible for Vegas, which we'll never know, were probably responsible for uh, Uvalde. I mean, look at all the federal agents that, that were on the scene within seconds I mean, there, it was all types of federal agents along with the police. And then they sat outside the building for a couple of hours doing nothing. I, it makes you wonder. 
And so this Seth Rich story is pretty interesting because of the fact that um, the FBI has been ordered to hand over all the content they currently possess in connection with the late Democratic National Committee employee Seth Rich. And this is from Radar Online. Um, and they can confirm that the surprising development came more than six years after Rich was murdered under mysterious circumstances in a Washington, D.C. neighborhood when a federal judge ordered the bureau to produce the information it possesses related to Seth Rich's laptop. Unbelievable. According to court documents obtained and reviewed by Radar Online, the federal judge's order was the result of a five-year court battle between the FBI and Ty Clevenger, an attorney representing plaintiff Brian Huddleston. Huddleston first submitted a Freedom of Information Act request to the FBI on September 1st, 2017, in an effort to obtain information to help his investigation into Rich's potential involvement in the DNC email leaks that occurred in June 2016. Although the FBI responded to Huddleston's request two weeks later, saying that they were, quote, unable to locate any responsible main files in connection to Rich, it was later revealed that the Bureau was in possession of over 20,000 pages of potentially relevant material. Of the 20,000 pages of potentially uh, relevant material relating to Rich, 1,596 pages were found to be directly related to the murdered DNC employee, although 1,496 of those were withheld due to a series of FOIA exemptions. It was also revealed that the FBI purposely withheld the content of Rich's personal laptop due to privacy concerns for the late 27-year-old's surviving family members, concerns the court rejected. After years of legal back and forth between Huddleston and the FBI, the federal court ultimately ruled in Huddleston's favor on Thursday. According to the court uh, finds, the FBI improperly withheld this information under FOIA, and the court is thus authorized to order its production, the courts concluded. The court order also comes more than five years since the FBI's former director, Rob Mueller, was confirmed that Rich had no role in leaking the DNC's emails in 2016. Despite Mueller's findings, conspiracy theories began to circulate that Rich leaked the emails and were subsequently murdered as a result of the leaks. Almost immediately after his death, rumors began circulating that Seth Rich was responsible for publicly leaking thousands of DNC emails related to the involvement of Russian hackers in the presidential election of United States President Donald Trump. The background of the uh, court order explained. The Mueller report found that Russian government interfered in the 2016 presidential election in a sweeping and systemic fashion, but did not find sufficient evidence that President Trump's campaign colluded with the Russians to influence the election. The Mueller report also found that the Russian government was responsible for publicly releasing the DNC emails online, and Seth Rich played no role in this scheme. That's what the Mueller report says. We know Mueller's a hack, <laughs> and we know he was probably lying the entire time, that it was probably Seth Rich. I mean, these are the emails related to Hillary Clinton and Podesta. I mean, how did they, how did they just emerge? So the court order is now going to allow this information to be scrutinized, which is good, because on the other side of the break, I want to get into uh, Matt Couch. I think he's with... It might be with Epoch. I can't remember what news organization he's with. But he put out a thread because he was very tuned into this case. And 
this thread's a couple years old. I still have it. But in light of this situation, I kind of feel like we need to go through his thread in the timeline of events around the Seth Rich murder to kind of really dig in and see what the heck is really going on with this thing. Because it could be that he was the one taken out so that whatever, you know, there was all these emails related to pizza gate and whatever, you know, I don't know what, what I feel about that situation. I mean, again, if you've listened to this podcast, you know, the QAnon people I think are a little nutty, but there's a little, little dabble of truth to some of their things, especially when they get into the pedophilia and the sex trafficking. I think there's a lot of that going on. I think the federal government's in on it. I think it's why Joe Biden opened up the border first day in office. I think it's why uh, they were all hanging out at Jeffrey Epstein's. I think they were using, I think that's why they're in Ukraine. I mean, whatever's going on in Ukraine, it's like a wonderland for corruption. I mean, there's bio labs, sex trafficking, drugs, cartels, whatever the case may be. And I mean, hell, if you want to have good young pieces of you know what down on an island for your foreign leaders and, and heads of state and leaders of companies and, and the elites, you get some hot Ukrainian women. I mean, they're some of the hottest ones in the Russian area. So uh, maybe there's something to that. I don't know. It's somehow Hunter Biden, who is, you know, having orgies with hookers and doing blow off a hotel floor and, you know, snorting Parmesan cheese, married to his dead brother's wife. He can go out and have these parties in his Malibu house at 400 grand a piece, but, and also be a Ukrainian energy executive with no no energy executive experience and doesn't even speak Ukraine. That's okay. 10% for the big guy is a-okay if it's that side of the team. If you are on the DNC, you can get away with these things. And whatever's going on that is allowing Devin Archer, you know, the stepson of John Kerry, Hunter Biden, our president's son, whatever it is that is allowing them to go in there and run these businesses through Ukraine and, and funnel all this money, it is the reason why we are having the conflict. I mean, I think Russia was baited in to taking on Ukraine because of the World Economic Forum and somebody blew up the pipelines. Wow, that was pretty co amazing. I mean, they, he kept shutting the pipelines off. And he kept saying, oh, well, we've got leaks we have to fix and what have you. And then suddenly they just explode. A lot of people are thinking it's Russia that did it. I'm kind of thinking it's some sort of World Economic Forum conglomerate. Some, some, either a nation state or defense contractor or somebody that has the means to get down to that level in the, in the sea and levy an explosion so big that it just takes out the pipeline and the explosion resonates and, and shows up on the seismograph. I mean, that's what you use to record earthquakes. That's got to be one heck of an explosion. And see, that's the thing. Russia could do a Reichstag fire and blow up their own pipeline and blame it on everyone else and then take the EU out in the process and leaving them out in the cold for the wintertime. Or it could be what we think it might be. Some, like I said, conglomerate you know, nation state defense contractor with world economic forum, because think about what it accomplishes. It forces the EU into green energy. Um, it also vilifies Russia in the process and provokes them because really this war was started because Russia was provoked 
to go in after Ukraine. It's not being shown that way in the news media, but that's what it seems to be when you look on the ground. He didn't have much other choice because he was, you know, they replaced, they ousted the the prior leader with the Obama, you know, administration and Hillary Clinton's State Department with the revolution. I think it was the yellow or the orange revolution. I can't remember which, but basically we were using the State Department to organize dissidents in Ukraine and Eric Charamella and Victoria Nuland were responsible for the big blowout that, you know, caused a bunch of people to get killed over there and caused this revolutionary crew to engage. And we took out their leader. And now we have somebody that's even less sympathetic to Vladimir Putin in there because the last guy was, you know, on his team. He could use these naval ports. And now he feels like he's got his back up against him while he's going into Ukraine. And now, uh, it really allows the World Economic Forum conglomerate, Soros and all them to uh, focus in on Ukraine. We'll send a ton of support through American tax dollars and launder it to wherever it goes, give all of our weapons over to them and, and wage a proxy war on a group of people who want to distance themselves from this transhumanism, this, uh, you know, this globalist uh, agenda idea because, you know, Alexander Dugan, like we talked about with his daughter being killed, he's the one advising Putin and Putin doesn't want to go into a globalist situation. He wants more of a traditional Russian empire. So both sides are bad. And who knows what kind of emails were floating around from Hillary Clinton's State Department with Victoria Nuland and Eric Charamella. You know, he was CIA and uh, NSA. Um we don't know. And he was part of State Department. I mean, he had all three credentials under his belt to to help really do whatever they're doing in Ukraine. Maybe that information's somewhere in the information that Seth Rich has. And that's why they had to take him out. They had to murder him um, because they couldn't let that information get out. And then the FBI had to go in and take it and put it under their control, just like they did the Anthony Weiner laptop. Uh, maybe they thought Trump had some documents at Mar-a-Lago, so that's why the FBI went in and raided them, took those documents. Who knows? But I think we need to get into the timeline of Seth Rich and the murder. Uh, Matt Couch from uh, the D.C. Patriot laid it out, and I kept it for years, and uh, it seemed like a good time to go back and revisit it. So after the other side of the break, we will get into that. This is Adrian Slade. So before we get into the timeline of the Seth Rich death or the murder, I think we need to look at one of these aspects of what's going on with the FBI files. So the FBI has fought production of Seth Rich and the records um, first by failing to find its own documents. Yeah, they said the documents were missing. And now by alleging documents must be withheld due to national security grounds. Huh. That's odd. National security grounds. That's why they can't look at the Seth Rich emails. I thought he was just a DNC staffer with no big, uh, you know, no big access. Well, on top of the national security grounds, it was also the basis that the disclosure of the information would threaten intelligence gathering efforts. <laughs> the information in the FBI's possession includes that which is, quote, provided by foreign government agency authorities under an implied assurance of confidentiality. It also may or may not include whether the FBI used the, quote, code name 
associated with Seth Rich. And if FBI representations are to be believed, it also includes, quote, details of intelligence activities, sources, and methods related to national security. That's pretty odd, right? We go from saying, ah, oh, you know, he was just kind of robbed. He was just a botched robbery. He's dead. And even though he still has his wallet, still has his keys. I mean, he's, he's untouched, right? But he's killed. And, oh, he's just a D.C. staffer, no big deal. But yet we have to shroud his laptop information and the documents that they have on him because of national security intelligence and foreign intelligence gathering. It, it, it just doesn't make sense. So we need to get into what Matt Couch had laid out, um, D.C. Patriot, what he laid out as far as what is the reason behind often somebody like Seth Rich. Now, remember, Sean Hannity and everybody wanted to look into it. They wanted to throw around lawsuits just like they did with Dominion voting systems. It's it's all just an intimidation factor, an intimidation tactic to shut you down because we're, we're going to go ahead and throw lawsuits at your doorstep and you're going to have to comply. And, uh, you know, it's going to look bad in the public opinion square. But you know what? What is the truth? So let's take a look at what Matt Couch laid out as far as the Seth Rich timeline goes. So here's the thread that I was talking about. Um, Seth Rich was a DNC data director of the new voter registration for the DNC. He wasn't just a regular staffer, as the mainstream media portrays. Seth Rich was walking home uh, from a night out and was shot at 4.19 a.m., early Sunday morning, July 10th, 2016. CIC shot spotter alerted police to the shooting, a high-tech GPS system in high-crime cities around America that triangulates gunshots. Police would arrive on the scene and claim that it was a botched robbery, although nothing was taken. <laughs> Unbelievable. He still had his cash, his wallet, credit cards, necklace, watch, phones. Seth Rich, according to family, friends, and workers of Lou City Bar, was at Lou City Bar on the night of July 9th, 2016. According to Joe Capone, Robert Alonzo, and others, he was there and they saw him that night. Pay attention to this thread as it unfolds on Seth Rich. Now, Robert Alonzo was good friends with Lou's grandson, who also bartended there. It's all coincidental, right, America? We've been to Lou's City Bar several times. We've canvassed the area. We're amazed that only one friend of Seth's and the staff recall seeing him that night. According to Joe Cap uh, Capone in 2016, Crime Watch TV's interview, and what he told the Washington Post, Seth Rich left the bar around 1.30 a.m. on July 10th. Capone claims that he offered him a ride home or a cab, and Seth declined. At approximately 4.19 a.m., CIC shot spotter reported shots fired in the area of Flagler and Northwest in Washington, D.C. Six officers responded to the shooting, and no lookout or bolo went out or has ever been re uh, released by Washington, D.C. Metropolitan Police. I wonder why. Taking, talking with multiple former and current homicide detectives are on our team, the lookout is the most important thing you'll see in a shooting. 
The fact that it didn't go out and has never been released is very alarming to them. That's a major red flag to investigators. And then he says this is the only picture of Seth Rich the night that he was shot and murdered in Washington, D.C., and there's a photo of officers uh, at the scene. Four of the six officers that responded to Seth Rich the night that he was shot were wearing body cameras. Several of them were former vice squad members as well. Seth Rich was shot in 5D, but the area bordered up to 3D per D.C. police. And those are the precinct lines. In two years, not one of the responding officers has ever talked about the shooting of Seth Conrad Rich. 600000 in rewards and not one peep from one police officer about what happened on that dreadful night. They worked very diligently to keep anyone from knowing what hospital he was at admitted to or who the first responders were. Our team broke this summer of 2017 while working on the case on the ground in D.C. So then there was concerns about the ambulance. It was ambulance number 17 that rolls up to engine six, and they were the first on the scene EMT-wise. They arrived on the scene at 4.33 a.m., had Seth Rich, uh, and they took Seth Rich to MedStar Hospital by 4.48 a.m. America First Media would break that Dr. Christine Trankium was the trauma surgeon who operated on Seth Rich. She would pronounce him after emergency surgery at 5.57 a.m. on the operating table. Joel Rich confirmed this in several interviews about the surgery. Um, Dr. Christine uh, Trankium, a renowned trauma surgeon, also performed surgery on Congressman Steve Scalise and saved his life when he was shot by a gunman at the, uh, at the softball fields in Virginia in 2017. Now, <laughs> why would they want to cover up what hospital Seth Rich went to? Ask yourself why that is. Who was at the hospital the night Seth Rich brought him in? We know. And now, we, why would a high-profile figure in Washington, D.C. be at MedStar Hospital and arrive almost the exact same time that Seth Rich was there? Who told them he was shot? How did they know? Those two people... Those two people you asked, DNC co-chair Donna Brazil and D.C. Mayor Muriel ba uh, Bowser, both at the hospital when he arrives. Four of the six responding officers that responded to Seth Rich were wearing body cams. Those body cams, despite FOIAs, have never been released to the public or to investigators. We have body cams for Vegas and Broward County, so think about that. Now, what would be the reasoning for the police to not to want to release those body camera footage uh, in the unsolved mystery of this shooting. What was, what was said? What, who, who did he mention? Where was he at? What did they take? There is something they fear from these body cams. The narrative would be set into motion that there was a string of robberies happening in the neighborhood, a man with a silver gun, but that's where the plot starts to thicken, and we're just getting started. Joe Capone, the GM of Lou's, uh, the bar that they were at, would completely change his story. On several recordings, including the one done by Jack Posobiec, Joe Capone states that he was never at the bar that night. He actually states he wasn't in the, at the bar, you know, when he was telling uh, the crime TV show back in September 2016 as well. So now, why did Joe Capone change his story? Seth Rich grew up in Omaha, Nebraska, and always wanted to be involved in politics. He graduated from Crichton University, and his first job in Washington, D.C. was 
with the polling and strategy firm Greenberg Quinlan Rosner. Here he would meet Andrew Thorold. Andrew Thorold would eventually become Seth Rich's boss and mentor as the data science director of the DNC. Thorold would help Seth Rich get his job at the DNC. In April of 2017, Andrew Thorold would make the dreaded tweet and he would tag his murdered friend's Twitter handle in it. Why? Sending a message? This tweet to many was literally mouth-dropping and stunning. See for yourself. In the tweet, it says, uh, T-I-L, a group of pandas is called an embarrassment. Panda facts. To date, I've been blocked by Andrew and many of Seth Rich's colleagues and friends who refuse to answer for these things they've posted or said, so now ask yourself why. And why, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Why wouldn't you want an unsolved murder solved? Why wouldn't you want justice for your friend? What was the reasoning for tagging your friend's Twitter account, who's been dead for almost a year at that time, in a tweet about an embarrassment? Yes, that's, a, that's what a herd of pandas is called, but let's be realistic, folks. Who does that? What was Andrew trying to say? Was this reaching out? Not knowing it at the, at the time, Andrew fired up the Seth Rich investigation. Once again, private investigator Rob Wheeler would be hired by the family and start working the case diligently. The family stated that they could not afford a private investigator. Republican businessman Ed Batalski offered to pay for Rod Wheeler's services to help the family, and the family and Wheeler signed a contract for him to work on the murder investigation, but he was met with resistance. Rod Wheeler would work many angles on the murder investigation, but ultimately it would lead him back to some of the same scenarios as our team. The family would not give Rod the phone records, autopsy, or and everyone that Rod spoke to would say... Uh, would say someone said, don't talk to you. No matter who Rod Wheeler talked to, they would always tell him Aaron said not to talk about that. Rod asked about the laptop. He was told, you don't want to see that. And when he asked why not, Aaron told him because I already checked it. Rod asked about the phone and the phone records and he was told the same thing. He asked about who was at the party with Seth Rich that he was attending, told the same thing. Rod would talk to many people involved, from Joe Capone to Seth Rich's girlfriend, Kelsey, and others. They would all tell him the same thing. So-and-so told me not to talk about that with you. <laughs> so we can make our own conclusions there. The autopsy report, despite FOIA's, has never been released to investigators in this case, despite D.C. police admitting they exhausted all leads. Now, why wouldn't they want the autopsy report released in America? Oh, that's right. It'll show ballistics and toxicology. Two months before Seth Rich was murdered, the same Clinton attorney that hired Fusion GPS, British spy Christopher Steele, also hired CrowdStrike to investigate the DNC servers. So ask yourself this. Why would the DNC not allow the FBI or the Department of Justice to view their servers and help out? They were all claiming that they were hacked by a foreign government trying to influence our elections. Furthermore, why does the mainstream media refuse to cover the Seth Rich murder investigation? Botched robbery, in the words of Joe Rogan, says who? Show me the proof of a botched robbery and I'll show you a hundred times more evidence that foul play was involved. The family stated that they were told by Washington, D.C. Metro Police that a video existed from the Flagler Market. The video showed Seth Rich collapsing in two other pair of legs, possibly the killers. Where is this video at with D.C. Police? When asked, officials with the D.C. Police declined an interview request. 
Police spokesman could not confirm the existence of a video or reveal what Rich may have said after he was shot, saying that that information could compromise the ongoing investigation. The parents of Seth Rich saw bruises on his face, and they thought that Seth Rich might have fought the, you know, the assailant on. If you investigate Seth Rich and you talk to enough people, it sounds nothing like Seth Rich. Um, first responders and police told the Rich family that he wasn't in any pain and that he didn't even know his own address when asked. They stated that he gave an old address to police. We can't confirm if this is true or not because the police won't release the body cams. Exactly one month to the day of Seth Rich's murder, Julian Assange would mention the name Seth Rich unprompted on a Dutch TV program. Whether you like him or not, Assange and WikiLeaks haven't been wrong in 13 years. WikiLeaks never sits on material. Our whistleblowers to significant efforts to get us material and very often... um, now, these are tweets, so it's kind of jumbly how he words things. So if you hear me reading it and you're going, why is he stumbling? It's because that's the way it's written. Um, so WikiLeaks never sits on material. Our whistleblowers to significant efforts to get us material and often very significant risk. There is a 27-year-old who works for the DNC who was shot in the back, murdered for unknown reasons. The host said, uh, but that was just a robbery. I believe it was, wasn't it? Julian Assange said, no, there's no findings. The host said, what are you suggesting? Julian Assange says, I'm suggesting that our sources take risk and they become concerned to see things occurring like that. So that's pretty amazing. The host says, was he one of your sources? And Julian Assange said, we don't comment on who our sources are. The host said, then why make a suggestion about a young guy being shot in the streets of Washington? And Assange says, We have to understand how high the stakes are in the United States and our sources and the fact that uh, they face serious risk. That's why they come to us so we can protect their anonymity. The host said, that's quite something to suggest involving a murder. That would basically be what you're doing. And Julian Assange said, others have suggested that as well. So then you enter Ed Batowski, who stated to his team in 2017 that he spoke with the parents of Seth Rich. Ed has went on the record with Cassandra Fairbanks and the Gateway Pundit and stated that he also told our team, the DC Patriot team, uh, the parents of Seth Rich, what they said. And Ed is a credible source. Quote, I got them on the phone and I shared with them the information that this man had wanted them to know. What I told them was that I was told that your son's downloaded emails from the DNC server He took them, downloaded them, and sold them to WikiLeaks, Batowski stated. Ed also said that when confronted by the information, the response from the parents was this, quote, Mr. Rich and I didn't see them. Um, We didn't see him. It was all over the phone. Ed, we already know that. That's not new information to us. Batowski stated that Rich told him that he only wanted to focus on who killed their son and not the DNC emails or WikiLeaks. But Batowski said that Ms. Rich asked him, to please let them know if he learns any additional information about the case. So this is where it gets into, he gets into Hannity and and the legal issues that arose because Hannity was pointing this out on Fox news. So we know it sounds suspicious to us. The guy was shot and killed and FBI has all the information and they tried to stonewall and hide it all. But now we've got somebody putting it before a judge 
and hopefully we'll get information on this very soon. I would love to find out the details behind this and where this all leads. Thanks for tuning into the show. I'm Adrian Slade. Go on and subscribe to the podcast. It's free. Just hit the follow button. Write a review if you could. That's going to help us out to be more noticed in the uh, podcast world that's completely overflowing and flooded with different podcasts. Um, and I understand that, but, you know, give a little help to us. You can listen to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, iHeart, TuneIn, all over the place. I think it's even on Podbean. Anywhere podcasts are hosted, you can also uh, subscribe to the free Roku channel. That hasn't been updated in a long time, but it will be updated very soon. And also uh, check out the blog, adriansladeshow.com. You can also call to be on the show, 1-929-GO-GO-USA, 1-929-GO-GO-USA. Leave a voicemail and I'll respond and put it into the show. Also, if you could financially support the show, anchor.fm slash Adrian Slade slash support is where you go. And I would really appreciate that. Until next time, God bless. God bless.